Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. I'm going to ask you a sensitive question. You're the radio woman? The existence of fairies has never been a question. The answer is no. They're real. You didn't let me ask the question. Very real. So, what am I looking for? There's something going on up there at night. Those woods. Anybody who started to ask questions later on was either permanently silenced or encouraged to be silent by the evidence that others were being systematically permanently silenced. What would fairies really look like? What I'd like to know is, why did you bring her to me? Me. Would they look more like us? Spiteful. Malignant. Deadly. 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 They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus, they became unclean by their acts. From Psalm 106. Fairy is a ParCast production. Available exclusively on Spotify. From the Public Radio Alliance in Minnow Beats, Wales, you're listening to Fairy. I'm Ryan Bailey. Stay with us. Earlier in our story, Elliot Waters had indicated that not only did he believe Karen Ryerson had been possessed by something when she did her head-spinning thing, when she somehow made him believe that the light had changed before he stepped into the intersection against traffic, but he also believed that at some point he'd been possessed by something otherworldly as well. What do you mean you've been inhabited by a changeling? It's hard to put it more plainly than that. Okay, well, 
Could you maybe expand on that a little? I'm sorry, but it's... I'm not quite ready to expand on that. It's personal. I understand, of course. But telling me you've been possessed by a changeling is, you know, you've got to give me something here. I had an experience similar to what Karen Raj's husband described his wife had been going through. I lost time, lost memories. I felt like I was somebody else trapped in someplace distant, lost. I, I wasn't able to move, but I could see things happening. If Karen Ryerson was going through something similar, I can understand. Why she jumped? If she jumped, maybe, yes. But what if she wasn't in control? Like she was pushed? Something like that, maybe. Or perhaps she was struggling with something else. Something that had control of her body. That sounds like it could be hard to prove. Yeah. That was the second half of the conversation I had with Waters last week. I had another conversation with him, a week or so after that one, shortly after he listened to an advanced mix of our last episode. I listened to your last episode. I did understand from the beginning that you might be looking into my life, but including all of that on your show, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. It's part of the story. Is it? Yes. I believe it is. I'd rather not have what happened to my family tossed around in such a public forum. It, it feels disrespectful. Okay. Okay? What does that mean, okay? It means I'll stop prying into what happened to your wife and daughter, provided that when and if you're willing to discuss what happened, you'll let me know. Okay. Elliot Waters is a complicated individual. I understand his motivation. He wants to reopen the department, by my estimation, an organization that may or may not have ever existed, and almost certainly, if it did exist, couldn't possibly have existed in the way Waters believes it did. But Waters does believe the department existed, and that he used to work there, that something called the Fade exists, and that fairies are real. As you can probably ascertain by my tone, I'm not a believer. Although, to be fair, I have had moments of doubt, moments where I'm not certain everything I've grown up believing is absolutely true. Waters' private investigator, the person we're calling the Demon, called with some news on Margot Kinghorn. What am I looking at? It's a warehouse in New Orleans. Is this live? No, it was taken a few hours ago. Is that Margot Kinghorn? looks like her. It was her. 
At one point, she turned and looked directly into whatever security camera feed the demon had accessed. She was a woman on a mission. She moved through the warehouse, looking through all of the inventory. She was carrying something, something I didn't recognize. The demon, however, knew exactly what it was. It's a bomb. What? Yeah, it's an incendiary device. A bomb? She's gonna blow it up? Based on the size and construction of the device, it's more like burn it down than blow it up. But yeah, she's clearly on a mission. But she didn't burn it down or blow it up. Either this warehouse wasn't the place she was looking for, the books weren't there, or she changed her mind. She left the building, incendiary device still in hand. She was looking to rid the world of the night song, or the earworm, and it looked like she wasn't afraid of collateral damage. Margot Kinghorn was clearly willing to do anything it took to destroy the earworm. I needed to tell the police immediately. I picked up the phone, but Elliot stopped me before I could dial. Are you sure? What do you mean, am I sure? Of course I'm sure. What if she's right? What are you talking about? What if Margot Kinghorn is going to stop something that will harm, perhaps even result in the deaths of countless children? That's crazy. Is it? I can't believe you're asking me that question. This is real life. I think you're making a mistake. Yeah, well, the world doesn't work like that. You don't keep something like this from the police. What about the child she kidnapped? Allegedly. What if she kills a security guard in a warehouse somewhere? That would be a tragic loss of life, of course, but- But what? But let's say that everything I've been telling you is the truth. What if the earworm is real? Wouldn't the risk be worth it to rid the world of such a thing? To save maybe millions of lives? I'm calling the police. I handed over the video and the rest of our information on Margot Kinghorn and waited to hear back from the authorities. The thing about the police, however, is that the information doesn't flow both ways. We were on our own. So we continued to dig into distributors, big and small, for any sign of the earworm. And we finally found something in the most unlikely place. It was an educational imprint, an offshoot of a mid-sized publisher slash bindery operation in San Francisco. They normally publish textbooks and coursework for major universities, but they did, on occasion, publish some young adult and children's book titles related to Old and Middle English literature and folk mythology. The earworm was hidden. I found it by going through the table of contents in a book of children's nursery rhymes. There it was, in between a couple of innocuous titles like The Sugar Bear's Bedtime and Reginald the Spider, The Night Song. The book had been printed and was awaiting shipment somewhere, not in New Orleans, but rather in one of three warehouse locations somewhere in Southern Florida. I told the police and they said that they'd look into it, but 
I got the feeling they didn't quite understand everything I was telling them about a poem that could reputedly make children disappear. I felt like we needed to take action. I was able to get in touch with somebody at one of the warehouses who told me they didn't have any shipments scheduled from that publisher. I spoke with the managers of the other two warehouses. They'd spoken with the police and were asked not to share anything with me or anybody else until their investigation was finished. It was looking more and more like I might have to go to Florida in person. If I did, Elliot Waters told me he wanted to tag along. That night, after coming home from the studio, I arrived to find the front door of my apartment wide open. I pressed record on my portable recorder, positioned my thumb right above the emergency call button on my phone, and slowly entered my suite. You don't need to call the police. Who are you? And what are you doing in my apartment? My name isn't relevant. I'm here to tell you about Elliot Waters. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Samsung, Expedia, and Sephora. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. It was hard to tell exactly how old she was. She could have been 39 or 55. She had dark auburn hair and bright green eyes. She was tall, but not overly so, maybe 5'9 or 10. She smelled incredible. I'd never experienced anything like that. It was a scent that was as if, it's hard to explain. It felt like warm skin and sweet musk. It was slightly like, Maybe milky cinnamon, I suppose, if I had to equate it with something familiar. And I'm using the term felt instead of smelled by design. It was intense. She asked me if I had anything to drink. I opened a bottle of rosé and sat down with the mystery woman to hear what she had to say about Elliot Waters. Okay, before I ask you to tell me what you came here to tell me, I need you to give me some indication of who you are. I'm a concerned citizen of the world. That's it? I'm afraid that's it, for now. 
I'm used to knowing a bit more about my sources. Are you? What is that supposed to mean? It means, what do you really know about Elliot Waters? Only what he's told me, and what I've been able to piece together online. Which is? He believes he used to work for an organization called The Department. An organization that protected another race of beings from a parallel world. I know what he believes. What I asked you was what do you know about him? He appears to be well-educated, smart. He does have the feel of a clandestine government agency about him. He's a good investigator and he appears to have several contacts in the world of intelligence. Anything else? He believes that something terrible happened to his wife and child. That's all correct. Now you. Is there more I should know about Waters? Oh, there's most certainly more. You should be very careful moving forward. What do you mean? I mean, Elliot Waters is a dangerous man. And perhaps not everything is exactly as it seems. I'm gonna need more than cryptic nonsense, I'm afraid. Let's start with the department. Great. What about it? It's real, or it was real. And fairies? Let's hold off on that question for now. Okay. What if there was something Something that vibrates at a different frequency. I'm not sure I follow. Imagine that different frequency as something very specific. Something you can tune into with enough practice and understanding of what it is that you're looking for. I still don't get it. Is this the part where you tell me about the fairies? Not yet. The department isn't what Waters says it is or was. What was it? It's an organization, or was an organization, that believed all kinds of crazy shit. Freemason, Knights Templar, Illuminati nonsense. But in reality, like everything else, it's all just energy. Wait, so are you saying you do or you don't believe in the Fade? The department was like MKUltra, like LSD gone wild thought experiments, psych trials that make the Stanford prison experiment look like a meditation retreat. They were experimenting? Yes. With drugs? Oh yes, and so much more. Like, what else? Oh, like punishing and killing people who didn't belong. Could you be more specific? What if there were people who were a bit different? who vibrated at a different level. We're back to vibrating fairies. Let's not call them fairies. Think of them more like immigrants. What do you mean? What if Elliot's former group opened a doorway to somewhere else? And when certain living things came through, they were hunted, imprisoned, and in many cases, murdered. Murdered? Yes. Why are you telling me this? I'd like to help make sure the story you're telling is the truth. 
Can you tell me anything else about Elliot Waters? I can tell you that Waters and his organization are dangerous and that you should keep your eyes open moving forward. I should add, at this point, that I'd begun feeling tired, slow, very relaxed. I was filled with a slightly cinnamon scent that I'd noticed earlier. It's like when you're in a movie theater watching a long film and you realize that your body really wants to fall asleep, but this tired feeling was combined with the scent and the wine. The closest thing I can think of to describe how I was feeling might be when I was given nitrous at the dentist as a kid. I have no idea how she could have drugged me, although looking back, I suppose it was possible. I woke up alone, stretched out on the sofa. I got up and checked the sink. Two glasses. I looked around for any evidence, for a name or a phone number, any way to reach out and speak to the woman again, but there was nothing. I was alone, no closer to understanding Elliot Waters or the organization he claims he used to work for. So I had a choice. I could either continue working with Waters and ignore the mystery woman's warnings about the department, or I could confront Waters and give him a chance to defend or deny. Ignoring things and keeping people in the dark isn't really my style, so I decided I was going to ask him, point blank. Besides, he'd find out about the mystery woman, along with my thoughts and concerns about the department, when he listened to the podcast. Out of respect and appreciation for his continued participation, I agreed I'd allow Waters to hear a pre-release version of each episode. He doesn't get to give notes or anything, of course, but he does get to hear it before it goes out into the world. Thanks for coming all the way over here. You're welcome. You still going to Florida? I've got the addresses for all three warehouses. I think maybe I should go alone. Why? Something happened. What? I had a visitor. Oh. A woman was sitting on my sofa in the dark when I got home from work. What woman? She didn't say. What did she say? She told me a few things about the department. This woman was aware of the department? Yes. That's concerning. Well, what she had to say was certainly concerning, if it's true. What did she say? She told me that the department was maybe closer to MK Ultra and the Illuminati than the men in black. What else? That the department was into all kinds of Freemason ritual shit, trials, experiments that she implied seriously harmed the participants. And finally, that the department was the kind of agency that would deport certain immigrants, perhaps sending them back home to be killed. That's all true, sadly. you elaborate? Pulling the department into the modern world was a challenge. There were different factions of the old order who wanted different things, and the young world was, well, things were still in flux. 
So, there were experiments? Yes. Yes, there were. That Cold War stuff was... They did some terrible, unforgivable shit. Many creatures suffered immeasurable harm. It was unforgivable, but the responsibility remained. Good could be done. My parents both believed this until the end of their lives. Things eventually improved? There were certain parts of the company interested in weaponizing the Fade. It was a time of serious political machinations at the department, and my bosses never forgave themselves or their predecessors for certain things that happened during that period. They worked to remake the department, and it was a success. So, what happened? Well, they took a hard look at the treatment of subjects from the Fade during the Cold War, and the focus shifted from examination and exploitation back to where it had always been in the past. Protection. Forgive me, but in my experience, the world that woman described to me feels a lot more like the world I'm living in than your altruistic version. <laughs> I understand your position. I might feel the same way if I were you. So, I'm kind of stuck here. I'd like to continue to dig into this world that you believe exists beneath the surface, but I'm also worried that your version of the truth might be compromised. What do you believe right now, if you don't mind me asking? I believe that you genuinely think there was a government agency dedicated to protecting fairies, which you also believe exist and are now back walking among us after an unexplained 10-year absence. But what I believe might be closer to the truth. Yes? That there was, or is, a government agency descended from all of that top secret MK Ultra stuff, and that they were, or are, into drugs, mind control, and psychological experiments. Experiments that you may have experienced firsthand. What do you think? I think you should postpone that trip to Florida. At least until tomorrow. Why? What is it? It's time to visit the South Star. This is the point where things change a little. Up to this point, the world Elliot Waters describes has been, at best, theoretical and, in my case, consistently unbelievable. But this was before I met the South Star. Jesus, this place is insane. Yeah. There she is. Where? Over there. We'd stepped into a kind of pop-up nightclub set up in a converted industrial warehouse. It was a wild mess of people twisting and moving, a sea of hair, limbs, and kinetic energy. Two levels, lots of color, sweat, skin, and drugs. One thing there wasn't, however, was music. It's what's known as a silent disco. Everyone was wearing a set of wireless headphones. It was so strange to see the sea of people dancing. 
violently, passionately, dripping sweat and sexual energy, but the only sounds were coming from their feet and bodies on the floor. It felt very strange and kind of beautiful. We walked over to an extremely tall young woman dancing with an older woman on a platform with a dozen or so other people a few steps up from the main level. The older woman was about 55 with gray hair pulled into a ponytail. She wore a tight yellow dress and black cowboy boots. Even without hearing a note of the music she was moving to, you could tell that she was a fantastic dancer, as was her partner. The younger woman was about 30 with long, perfectly straight white hair. She wore vintage black headphones and an elegant black one-piece bathing suit, no shoes. When she saw Elliot, she ran over and hugged him for a very long time. You're too thin. Are you eating? I'm good, thank you. You haven't been sleeping. Is there someplace more private we can talk? I like your eyes. Thanks. Uh, we're kind of in a rush. Oh, Elliot, always in such a hurry. Yeah, well... There's an office in the back. Elliot referred to her as the South Star. Apparently, she made her living creating or curating these parties, club nights, what she referred to as unique events. It was impossible to guess what this warehouse might be used for during the day by the contents of the small back office she let us into, but if I had to guess, I'd go with some kind of welding machine shop or something similar. There is something else I should mention. This woman smelled similar to the woman from my apartment. Not exactly the same, but it was definitely similar to the warm, milky cinnamon scent I'd experienced before. But again, Scent isn't exactly the right word. It was as if a new sense had opened up and it was closer to smell than anything else, but it was more than that. It was a feeling, extremely intoxicating and warm. What's going on? I wanted you to meet a friend. This is Ryan Bailey. You're the radio woman? Podcast, yes. It's nice to meet you. You can call me April. I'm Ryan. What's the special occasion? What do you mean? Well, let's just say that Elliot doesn't normally introduce me to his friends. I'm taking part in her show in order to coerce certain parties into reopening the department. I already know that. What I'd like to know is, why did you bring her to me? Because she received a visit from somebody. Who? I'm not sure. A woman. Could you describe this woman? I don't know. She was pretty, tall, auburn hair, green eyes, and... And what, my dear? She... She kind of smelled like you. Elliot? Could have been anyone. Do you know her? What did she want? She wanted to tell me about the department. That they were abusive, dangerous. It was a pretty bad view. She's not wrong. That was a long time ago. Yes, 
It was, and yes, although the department has suffered from poor leadership at times this century, we need you, Elliot. Especially now. What are you talking about? There are wicked things in these worlds. That's not very helpful. Could you be more specific? What did you mean, especially now? What's happening now? You didn't tell her? I told her. The Fae have returned, and they're moving about unchecked. So, you believe in the Fae? Fairies? I certainly hope so. Why is that? Elliot, I'm her first. What are you talking about? The South Star is what we refer to, among other things, as a Spriggan. I'm sorry, a what? What is a Spriggan? I'm Fae Folk, my dear. I came from the Fade. You've been listening to Fairy. I'm Ryan Bailey. Fairy is a podcast production available exclusively on Spotify. Fairy is produced by Terry Miles, produced, mixed, and edited by Nick Silver and me. Ryan Bailey. Associate Producers Carlene Bennett and David James. Executive Producers Terry Miles and Hollis Adams Lane. If you enjoy Fairy, you'll love our other shows, Tannis and Rabbits, at tannispodcast.com and rabbitspodcast.com. For legal and safety reasons, we've elected to change some names and leave others out entirely. We don't do this very often, but we're unwilling to compromise people's safety for any reason. Thanks again for listening to Fairy. <laughs>